Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Aren't you glad you've come? Amen. You know, we talk about the word of God multiplying. Um, sometimes it can. How many of you have ever felt like, man, I have an open door. I just I just don't know where to start. You ever felt that way? Anybody ever felt that way? All right. That, that's fair to feel that way. Uh as a child of God filled with the Holy Ghost, he can help you know how to start, but sometimes we can just overthink it. Sometimes it's as simple as saying, hey, would you like to come over for a cup of coffee and open the word of God together? You can start that simple. You say, well, but what if they ask me a question I don't know? Well, that's the beauty of opening the word of God together. You can dig in it together and find what the Word of God says. Now, if you say, well, I'd like to bring them over, but they don't, they don't have any understanding of the Word. I just need to go into the Word with them. We have some tools that can be available to you that make it pretty simple. Um, Brother Lewis and Sister Julie, have you, some of you have probably heard them talk about it or even heard them teach it. Uh, they have a, a very simple to understand but very rich in the word Bible study. I believe they call it the seeds. Is that right, Brother Lewis? The seed Bible study uh, that I think has four, starts with four, four studies that are very basic and simple that are tremendous for someone that has maybe been barely exposed to the word or needs a starting. Tremendous lessons that they have created, that we have those available, that anybody can take it, read off the one-page sheet, and teach it to somebody else. And turn through the scriptures. They just pulled some scriptures together to compile those things. So if you're saying, I wouldn't know where to start, it's a great place to start. And if you can read, you could teach it. Is that a fair statement, Brother Lewis? See, we want to make it really difficult and complicated. That way we can say, man, I can't do it. But you can you're just sowing seed. We're not responsible for what happens with the seed. We're just sowing seed. Amen? Praise God. There's been a scripture that has been stirring in my heart. I felt like the Lord put it there Wednesday night in prayer here. And I, I was sort of wrestling back and forth Wednesday night before we opened the word. I thought, man, Lord, am I supposed to go that way or... But it hasn't left me, and I want to share it this morning. I believe the Lord wants to talk to somebody. The book of Psalms, chapter 139. Book of Psalms, 139. While you're turning there, let me share with you um, next Sunday. Brother and Sister Simpson from Baltimore, Maryland, will be with us in service. And uh, we're, I was in communication with him yesterday, and I said, you know, I don't know how you feel about it on vacation, but if you're open, we'd love for you both to minister in word and in song. And he said, whatever you'd like. So I said, I'd like. And so uh, some of you have been, uh, have been a witnessed the ministry of Brother and Sister Simpson before. Uh, you may remember they, they ministered in our, uh, not the last one, but the one before, the Life Church United service we had in Puyallup. And uh, they pastor a growing church in Baltimore. They're just tremendous, tremendous salt-of-the-earth people. And the Lord uses them both in a great way. And so they'll be with us next Sunday. And so be prayerful about that. We look forward to that. Amen. Praise God. Also, I know this is a long ways out and it's out there, but I want to tell you in case you missed it, April the 3rd, 4th, and 5th of 2019 uh, is a POS meeting in Puyallup. Time of prayer, fasting, uh, the word starting that Wednesday night, all day Thursday, Thursday night, Friday, Friday night. Uh, those that were able to attend this past year, you were blessed. So we're giving you those dates well out. So you got plenty of time to mark your calendar. 3rd, 4th, and 5th of April. Amen? Praise God. 
Psalm chapter 139. Listen to the word of the Lord. Hear the cry of David. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. You know my down sitting and mine uprising. You understand my thought afar off. You compass my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it unto it. He knows us pretty well, doesn't he? He knows us very well. Let's keep reading what he says. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. And thy right hand shall hold me. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. You can't get away from him. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. We can't get away from him. You know, Adam and Eve fell in the garden and they hid themselves. What did Jesus, what did the Lord do? He came looking for them. I have a question for you. Did he know where they were? Yes, they weren't. He wasn't having trouble finding them, was he? They were lost, but he knew where they were. And so why did he go find them? Because they felt like they couldn't go to him. And he wanted to make sure they knew no matter where you go, I know where you are. You can't get away from me. And so the psalmist is telling us these things. He knows the words I speak. He knows everything about me. He's in front of me. He's behind me. I can't go anywhere that he's not there. There's nothing, no way I can go and hide from his presence. But he's there. And he said, these things are too great for me. But watch. Verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hides not from you, but the night shines as the day. Notice what he just said there. Even in darkness for the Lord, it's shining as bright as day. It may be darkness to you and I, but that doesn't mean it is to him. The darkness and the light they're both alike to you. Speaking of the Lord. Verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. And this is the verse that is stirred in my spirit. Hear what he says in verse 14. He comes to this acknowledgement after all of these other statements. I will praise thee. Why will he praise the Lord? For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You see that? Would you say that with me? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you said it, but you don't believe it. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And listen what he says. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knoweth right well. The. The enemy is known. We, he's identified in the book of Revelation as the accuser. The accuser of the brethren. And so he accuses and his accusation is always contrary to the word of God. 
That's why if you and I will stay in the Word of God and let the Word of God feed us, the Word of God reveals the fact that He is a liar and the father of it. And so we discern, no, that thought is the accuser of the brethren. He's trying to accuse me, but the Word of God says... You remember when Jesus Christ was tempted when He was in the wilderness for 40 days fasting? And, and at, at, He'd been fasting for 40 days... You know, if you go on a long fast, you usually feeling pretty spiritual at that point. It was after this 40 days, or after he'd been there 40 days fasting, it was then that Satan came and tempted him. And notice in his place of temptation, if you go read that passage of Scripture, and many of you know this, his response to the temptation of the enemy was not to say, by the authority given me as God robed in flesh... Could have said that. But he didn't say that. Every time, all three times that we read in Scripture of the temptation, the response of the Lord Jesus Christ to the accusation of Satan trying to tempt him was, Satan, it is written. The Word of God says, the Word of God says, the Word of God says, how old is the enemy's effort to try to get you to see yourself as less than God sees you? I'll tell you how old his effort is. It's as old as the beginning of time. Because when he came against Adam and Eve after they fell, what he tried to do was get them to see themselves as less than God saw them. How do we know this? Because when the Lord came to Adam and Eve in the garden, their response to the Lord was, we saw that we were naked, so we, we were ashamed and we hid ourselves. Remember that? And what did the Lord say to them when they said that? Do you remember? He asked them a question. The Lord's... What was that, Ethan? Exactly. The Lord said... Who told you that about yourself? I mean, the Lord said, who told you you were naked? But what he was saying was, who told you that about yourself? That thing that you believe about yourself, where'd that come from? That thing that you identify with yourself, who told you that about you? You remember their response? The serpent told us. Well, at least they were wise enough to recognize who was telling them that. We need the Lord. I, I, I think Bishop ministered last week or the week before about our mind. We need the Lord to so do that work in our mind that he started there and I believe did a great work from what I heard and felt in the Holy Ghost in that ministry, that says, hold on a minute. These ways I see myself that are not in alignment with the Word of God, who's telling me this? Who's telling me this? What voice? See, Adam and Eve at least recognize, the serpent told us this. And so when we recognize, hold on a minute, that thing about myself that doesn't align with the Word of God, I'm not talking about an action that the Lord's trying to convict me of to change. I'm talking about how I'm made, my frame, who I am in Him, not of myself, but who you are and who I am in Him. I've got to get a revelation and understanding from the Word of God that the psalmist had. I, you, are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have been framed by God. You have been designed by God. The one writer said it this way. He knows our frame that we are but dust. Isn't it amazing the amount of expectation and pressure we can put on ourselves? Some of you are staring at me like, what? No pressure, no expectation. Even in that right there, you're trying to hold up this front that's a pressure and an expectation of how we think. No, no, no. He knows our frame. Do you think that he expects you to be perfect? I mean, really. 
Does he expect us to do well? Of course. But do you understand that with every expectation God has of us, he has grace to enable us to meet his expectation? There's nothing in the word of God that he speaks and asks of us or expects of us that he doesn't then come along and say, I'm going to give you faith for it. I'm going to give you grace for it. I'm going to enable you to do it. There's not one thing he's going to ask of us that he's then going to say, now you figure it out and get it right. Why? Because if he did that, if he said, you figure it out now and get it right, then we would think we could save ourselves. But we can't. And so what has he done? He has designed us. He has designed us as individuals, as he, right from dust. Sometimes we forget what we're made of. From dust. And created us so that we are dependent on Him. Dependent on Him. Some of you have heard me share this in the past, but it bears repeating again. When I became a manager at Walmart... Uh, when I was promoted to that role some 20-something years ago, whenever that was, I received a card from my biological dad. And the card was a card of congratulations. And inside it, he had penned these words. He said, congratulations, son. You, like me, are a self-made man. And Brother Martin, when I read the card, I, he meant it well. Understand, he meant it well. But when I read those words, I was smote in my spirit. Why? I didn't make myself. I didn't produce that. The grace and the favor and the blessing of God opened doors, gave opportunity, did these things, ordered my steps, directed my path. There's nothing Every good gift and every perfect gift, the scripture says, comes from the Father of lights. And so we have to recognize, as the writer said in Psalms, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God designed you as such. And his design of you and I was so that we are ever dependent on him. The Apostle Paul said this, my God shall supply all your Anybody know what that says? All of your what? My God shall supply all of your need according to what? His riches in glory. Notice it doesn't say needs. It's need. Singular. To supply all of your need according to your ability. It's not what it says, is it? He supplies all of my need and your need according to his riches in glory. So everything he has and desires of us, he already has an answer to produce it in our lives. Pray with me right now. Would you do that? Come on, talk to the Lord with me. Jesus, in your name, you have framed us fearfully and wonderfully. You have made us in this place by your design and for your purpose. We are not our own. You've bought us with a price. Each one you framed. Each one you know our frame. We trust in you today. We acknowledge you and our need of you. And our recognition, Father, that we are not of ourselves. But you have brought us in this season and this time with purpose and plan you know exactly where we are, our strengths, our weaknesses, every part about us, you know. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. These elements that are all around us that would try to get us to question who we are. And really what they're trying to get us to do is question our identity in Christ. Who we are in and of ourselves is one thing. 
but who we are in Christ. That's really what the enemy would like us to question is who we are in Christ. Because the scripture is very clear. If any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creature. What happens to the old things that used to define who we were? They're passed away. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. He's made new. All things are passed away. But what does the enemy do when he's trying to get you convinced of what's wrong with you and these problems you have? And I'll tell you what he always does. He always comes and points back to your past. He always comes and shows you the places where you or I failed, where we didn't measure up, where we just came short. But I just have to stand on the word of God that says, sorry, I'm in Christ now. And if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Knowing the word of God defines who we are, where my identity, my identity is no longer in who I am. It's in who he is. Was it the apostle Paul that said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ live within me. One place he said, my life is what? Hid. He said, my life is hid. Where did he hide his life? Where was his life hidden at? My life is hid with God in Christ. You know what I believe it was hid from? It was hid from all the reminders of what he used to be. Because he was a new creation in Christ Jesus. The Holy Ghost is really wanting to anoint our eyes spiritually. So that we stop seeing ourselves the way we used to be. Or stop seeing ourselves through the lens of past mistakes. And we can declare the word of God that is true along with David. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You say, yeah, but I got this flaw about me. I got that. Welcome to the club. My poor sons, they are blessed or cursed with my genes. My wife says bad things about us because of our genes. Pray for her. When I graduated high school, I wore a size 30 jeans with a 36-inch inseam. Today I wear a 31-inch waist. So see, I've grown with a 36-inch. And I still have sweatshirts that I wear, that I wore in high school. Good, good quality, they last. And so my, my boys, they're, they're cursed or blessed, whatever you call I guess it's when they get older to be a blessing. But right now as they're younger, it's a curse, Brother Martine. They're cursed with my jeans. They... They've lifted weights along the way. They've worked out. They've done those things. And they're, they're trying to bulk up. And they're eating all this stuff. They got these powders they drink. They got, I mean, they're doing the deal. Right? And soaking wet. They're still 170 maybe if they get lucky. And I don't think either one of them's hit 170 yet. Try as they might. I've tried to tell them, you know, when I was a senior in high school, I lifted weights Every other day in high school for a solid year, I had a solid workout plan in high school in the class. I was working out with the football coaches and players, and they had, I think they called it an Oklahoma workout, and I was benching and squatting and deadlifting and cleaning, jerking, and see, I knew all those names. We were doing all that stuff, and I, man, I was bulking up, because when I started the year, I was 145. By the time I finished my senior year in high school, I had hit my peak weight. I have never reached it again. My peak weight was 176 pounds. I was six foot three and 176. And I don't care if I'd gained 30 pounds that year, I wasn't any bigger than I am right now. I mean, if I was built like Brother Azario right here, I'd have been, I mean, they'd have been like, what's, what's that dude, Dwayne Johnson? But it didn't matter. I was just too long and lean. And so, 
And so my boys had that gene. They got those genes too, right? And so, you know what? It would be easy to go, man, I just don't like the way I'm made. How come I, you know, I should be able to this and that. And, and I use myself as an example. I could probably pick on any one of you. I won't do that. It's okay. Don't worry. And I'm talking, and I, I'm talking right now about natural appearances, but it can go far beyond that. But we can begin to have issues with how we're made. And we'll begin to entertain the voice of the enemy about this is wrong with me or that's wrong with me. And, you know, somewhere along the way, Brother Jerry, I just decided, you know what, I'm always probably going to be a built like this. I mean, I got to break it to you. You're probably not ever going to be six foot tall, bro. Right? But the Lord designed you. The Lord designed you. Now move beyond just the natural appearance. Isn't it funny how much energy and effort and thought we can put in the natural appearance? Now move beyond that and think about our makeup through life and the experience and things that make us. But when we come into Christ and we are washed by his blood in the waters of baptism and he fills us with his spirit, we are made new. Old things are passed away. What is he doing? He's trying to get us to stop identifying with who we were. We should no longer identify with who we were. I've heard, I, I really don't mean to pick on Brother Martin, but he's like right here and he's done this before. And, he's, and him and I have had this conversation. People see Brother Martin and because he has, because he has some tattoos on his body, some people identify with who he was. Hear me, whether you have tattoos or not, there will probably always be some things in your life that identify who you used to be. Why are those there? So that you'll feel guilt and shame? No, they remind you and I where we've been brought from. They remind us of where we were when he rescued us and brought us out. They're not there for shame. They're there for victory to praise him. This is who I used to be, but that's not who I am anymore. That was my identity, but I don't know that man anymore. I've been changed. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Someone please hear the word of the Lord. Who you were is not who you are when you come to Christ. I don't care if you were a drug addict. I don't care if you were an alcoholic. I don't care if you had multiple mates along the way. When you come to Christ and you're washed in His blood, baptized in His name, filled with His Spirit, He cleanses the slate and says, I make all things new. He does this. And so the enemy wants us to lay hold on yesterday. Why? Because when you and I know who we are in Christ, we have authority over the enemy. And so if we question our identity, then we question our authority. But when we know who I, I love it when I I've heard I've, I've heard Brother Martin say this, this is why I used him. I've heard him tell people, oh, no, I'm not that dude anymore. I've heard him tell if people try to call him by his old street name. And him say, oh, no, no, I'm, that's, I'm not, that's not who I am. I'm Martin. He knows who he is in Christ. And the same is true. Of each of you that have been blood washed, blood bought, filled with his spirit. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The other element of that. The Apostle Paul dealt with in the church. When he began to deal with the people of God. About comparing themselves among themselves. I did it this morning. Jokingly. I said if I was built like Brother Rosario. I didn't offend you did I? 
Oh, whew, I didn't think so. They wouldn't keep sitting on these front corners if I offended them. They'd start moving. When we're in Christ, we can't compare ourselves either. That's the enemy that would try to get us to do that. So again, we would question our identity in Christ. I brought these people up here that we prayed for that the Lord is using in different avenues, delivering the word. And the enemy would love to take that opportunity to try to get us to compare or think less of ourselves. Well, how come I'm not? Well, I should be or, well, who are they? Or I'm not trying to plant that thought, wipe that from your spirit. I'm saying the enemy, that's how he would work to try to get us to question our identity once we're in the body even. But we're fitly framed together. The beauty and the value of the body of Christ is the fact that we are not all the same. But we are all one in Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul said. I need you, Brother Ruben. I need you for who you are. For the ministry, the anointing, and the calling of God that's on your life. I need you. I don't need him to try to be like me. You understand that? Brother Martin and I have spent time together. Hopefully I've never tried to get him to be like me. I don't think he's tried to. I haven't tried to be like him. I've sat a couple of times in his anger management class and watched him teach that class. And I've just been amazed at. The flow of ministry that's there. I'm watching people receive that. And I'm sitting there thinking, I could not do that. I couldn't. I know I couldn't. I can't relate the way he can. I couldn't communicate the things that he's communicating. That is connecting with those people that need God. That's connecting with those souls that need a relationship with God. And he's able to declare some things to them with purpose and authority about what he was but what he's not. And how he, they can change and he can do it with conviction. Because he's lived it and seen it happen in his life. I couldn't do that. I haven't been where he is. I'm not who he is. But we are together in Christ. And each one of us has purpose and calling. And each one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. You must know this about how God has designed you and when he bought you. I want you to stand with me today. You are a child of God. When He fills you with His Spirit, we talked about that a few weeks ago. When you are born again of the Spirit, He becomes your Father. And then when you choose to be led by his spirit that filled you, you are a child of God. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'll finish. My children, they're not perfect. I, know, I think they are, but they're not. And as their father, their earthly father, I will come along in areas where they may have imperfections and seek to improve in their life, try to help encourage them. You understand that? As a, as a father, help make them better, help, build, help them to grow. But if they start talking themselves down, that pangs me. If they start speaking negatively about themselves, that pangs me. And if you start talking about my children, boy, buddy. Yeah, some of you parents know what I'm talking about. Amen, Sister Mary? That's right, by God. Amen. I'd like to turn like Sister Mary and Sister Brittany loose on some people. You start talking about their kids. That'd be entertaining. Right? And so, how much more our Heavenly Father? How much more? 
He knows our frame. He knows our weaknesses. And so what does he do? He comes alongside and says, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. This is what he does because he knows your frame. What is the Lord trying to do here this morning for somebody? He's trying to deliver you from a place of constantly beating yourself up because of where you think you don't measure up. I'm not talking about sin, you understand. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about recognizing who we are in Christ Jesus and living and being who we're called to be day by day. How do I do that with a heart? How do I live the way I'm supposed to? By his great grace that enables us again today. By his anointing and his spirit that's inside of us that strengthens us today. I don't live by my own faith. Paul said I live by the faith of Christ. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now? In the name of Jesus. Come on, let him anoint your mind afresh and anew. Let him show us afresh and anew whose we are in him. Not only who we are, but whose we are. Come on, let the thoughts that would be contrary be cast aside. I pray a clarity of the Holy Ghost that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That we are designed by God for his purpose, called of him for his purpose. He didn't bring you here accidentally. He didn't draw you here casually, but he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light because of a love toward you and I, a desire toward you and I. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the accuser this morning. I pray the declaration of the word of God and the truth of God. The revelation, Father, in the hearts, the mind, the soul, and the spirit of each child of God here this morning. To know who they are in you. To walk in the gifts and the calling of God upon each of their lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you find somebody and pray with them right now? A brother with a brother, a sister with a sister. Would you do that and avail yourself this morning before we go today? Would you find someone to agree with in prayer? Well, make sure these young persons are being prayed with. I know we live in a time when the world would try to tell our young ladies that this is wrong or that is wrong. Or, Come on, don't believe those lies. You've been bought with a price. The Lord has framed you and made you with purpose. Come on, young ladies, you are beautiful. God has designed you as such. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, he's doing a work in the hearts and the minds of people here this morning. In the name of Jesus.
Continue there in prayer. Continue in that place of prayer this morning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, our identity is in you. In you we live and move and have our being, O Lord. In you, Father. In you, Father.
washed away all my shame No longer bound because I'm forgiven, yes I've been made free from sin's guilty stain You gave your life for me that I might be saved, yes Change my destiny with the awesome price you paid. Now I can say, All things are passed away, all things are new, not the same. Yes, I've been changed, changed. Yes, it's true. I found my life in you, all things are new. Have I ever known? And I've got power to walk like a winner. Though I may fail, He still calls me His own. You gave your life for me that I might be saved. Yes, you changed my destiny with the awesome price you paid. Now I can say, all things are passed away, all things are new. I'm not the same. Yes, I've been changed. It's true, I found my life in you, all things are new. things he's waiting for me to take my hands off of so he can make it new I'm holding on to it because I have my idea about it release it let him make it new release it let him make it new and let him do what he's wanting to do in your life amen if you're here today dismiss you just a moment if you're here today and you have not been baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost filled with his spirit according to the word of God evidenced by speaking in other tongues as his spirit gives the utterance you can be that's what it is to be in Christ and have Christ in you with His Spirit. We read it in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. There's some things that have to take place for that to happen according to the Word of God. I have to repent. I've got to be willing to acknowledge I need a change of mind, a change of thinking, a change of direction. Once I've repented, the Scripture teaches I'm to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. 
That means all of my past mistakes are remitted, forgiven, removed, washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. I take on His name. Peter said that if I've repented and been baptized in His name, I would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you are asking the Lord to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost, because it's a gift. You don't have to beg for it. It's a gift. He gives it. You receive it. When you're praying, you've got to be worshiping and opening your mouth and letting words come out. Don't try to control it. But I've never seen anyone receive the gift of the Holy Ghost without opening their mouth. Why? Because it's an utterance of His Spirit that comes out of the mouth. Why the mouth? Well, James said the tongue is an unruly member that no man can tame. But when I yield myself to His Spirit and His Word begins to speak through me, the utterance of His Spirit, that thing that no man can tame is yielded to God. And He begins to speak through my life. That is the initial evidence that His Spirit has come into my life. I don't seek to speak in tongues. I seek the Lord Jesus Christ. And when His Spirit comes, that's the evidence. Praise God. We thank the Lord together today that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Can we thank Him today that in Him we are new creation? Jesus, we worship You. We magnify and glorify You this morning. We give You the honor, the glory, and the praise here today. We thank You, Lord, for Your love toward us. We thank You that Your strength is perfected in our weakness. We thank You for Your great grace, Father, that enables us to do what we cannot do ourselves. Father, we worship You and give You glory this morning. We praise You. We thank You. We lift You up today. I pray Your anointing upon this people. I pray the work and the will of God in each one of their lives as they yield to You and Your plan and purpose. Use us individually and collectively as a body of people for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody said amen. The Lord bless you. Greet somebody today. You're dismissed in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.